my soul rejoices. Not too long ago, I was asked to pray for a young man who had been in a motorcycle accident while wearing no helmet, and he was given a 1% chance to live. On Friday, he was at his brother's graduation at the Dome. He had to be pushed in a wheelchair and had to have help standing up because he can only stand on one leg, but he's alive. Now, you could look at that. He could say, I'm in a lot of pain. You know, I can't walk. My life's really changed. Or you could look at it as he does, and he's happy to be alive that he, he's able to rejoice. And it makes me think that perhaps rejoicing is less about what happens to us and more about our perspective. The church invites every one of us to have the perspective this weekend, this Sunday, that we have a reason to rejoice. And maybe, maybe my body's not rejoicing, maybe my body is starting to feel its age or whatever, you know. Um, I got some new hearing aids this week. I've never had hearing aids before. So maybe my body's not rejoicing, but maybe my soul can still rejoice. Maybe rejoicing is bigger than just one particular thing or way that we can look at it. And so the church gives us what we call Gaudete Sunday, which is it's Latin for... Rejoice, And it's kind of an, an imperative, like you rejoice. And our entrance antiphon was rejoice in the Lord always, always. Again, I say rejoice. Indeed, the Lord is near. <clears throat> we can think about it a couple of ways. One is that today God is one day closer. Jesus is one day closer to coming back. I, I think we anecdotally think about like, oh, Christmas is one day closer and we can rejoice in that. Sure, that's a good way, you know. Um, I like Christmas. Uh, but it's, it's God, is, God is close. And I don't know if you had the chance, I had the chance yesterday, I was out in the forest and I saw the rising sun and the sky just, it turns a little bit rose before the rising sun comes. And so we're given rose color, a rose candle, as the sun, the rising sun of God, Jesus, draws a little bit closer. So I want to unpack a little bit more. St. Paul, he has, he has this like triple, you know, trifecta thing here. He says in our second reading, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in all circumstances give thanks. I, I kind of understand pray without ceasing, but... It, I don't think it means, it's not always a, a conscious prayer, because sometimes I have to focus on driving, you know. But it's, it's a, Lord, I offer everything as a prayer. I offer my joy, my suffering. So I can get behind that. I understand that. But these other two are hard. Like, rejoice always? St. Thomas Aquinas says that joy is when we possess what we desire. So I can enjoy a steak dinner because I desire it, but then after a certain point, I'm either going to get full or the steak runs out or like I just, the enjoyment will end. 
He also says we can enjoy, we can enjoy people too, but, but they have to go to work sometimes and I sleep and, you know, um, or maybe they graduate or maybe one day they die and I'm separated from them. And he says that joy, if we find joy in a thing or a person, then it'll always leave us wanting at a certain time. But the one thing that always endures is God. And when I find my joy in God, no matter how my day's going, no matter how the world's going, I can find reason to rejoice in what? Well, I think I can, I can look for reasons to rejoice, but at the end of the day, that somehow God is with me and God is working his will to save me and to save the world. And so in, in every circumstance, I can actually also, I can rejoice because God is doing his will. I know that's a little philosophical, but, but it makes me think that even Jesus on the cross, you could think about it. He knew that he was exactly in the Father's will. And so even in the midst of intense suffering, it's something the scriptures don't tell us, but it's interesting to ponder that Jesus could have found joy in the Father's will being accomplished. And that's definitely a case where physically he's not rejoicing. But in his soul, in his being, in his yes, I say yes, even though this hurts, that he's saying yes, he's accepting and rejoicing, perhaps, in the Father's will. It's tied to the the third part that St. Paul talks about, in all circumstances, give thanks. That, that can be hard because, you know, especially students, as you, as you finish the school year, you might not be happy with how your grades turned out. I didn't get the grades I wanted, and that kind of stinks. And we get to say that, right? But maybe, maybe I can also say, God, thank you for humbling me. <laughs> thank you for showing me humility that I don't know everything. Or thank you that I passed, even if barely. Or thank you that I have the opportunity to take this class over again. (laughs) You know, you might have to massage it a little bit. (laughs) But I think mentally, we can get ourselves to a place where we can, if 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 we realistically wrestle with things enough, we can find a reason to give thanks. And I don't mean, I, I actually, I've come to realize, I think I was, for many years, I was the Christian nice the Christian happy, you know, kind of like fake happy. Like, I feel like I'm always supposed to be smiling and I'm always supposed to be happy. But, but I realized later that God wants me to, to bring whatever I'm experiencing, my happiness and my unhappiness, to him. And that he, being with me in it, that he can help me to experience joy, whether I'm happy or not. That I can accept, all right, God, this is not what I was hoping for, but this is what you're doing, then so be it. I, here's a, an example you may or may not know a lot about. Like, so we're fundraising for our new building, 
but we just got our latest cost estimate of what construction costs are. And if you know anything about construction costs in the last couple of years, I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, like, and it's like, well, that's kind of discouraging, you know? I don't know if I was expecting the number to drop a lot or something, but, but to sit there and to say, you know what, God? If this is your will, then so be it. Then I choose it also. God, give me the grace to be able to rejoice in this also. That I rejoice in you and your closeness to me. And I, I rejoice in your will being done in my life, even if I don't like what's happening, because God's the one who's working all things for good, that I can rejoice even in this. And I can be real, like Jesus is real in the garden. Father, take this cup away from me. <sighs> but not my will, your will be done. That rather than the, the, the Christian fake joy, that I think that's, I think the world, I, I think there's, there's only a few people like that, perhaps, and, and we can see that. Like, that doesn't feel genuine. But Christian joy is genuine. It's, yeah, I'm suffering. Yeah, this is difficult. But you know what? I'm happy to be alive, and God's with me, and it's okay. I trust Him. I trust Him. I trust in what God's doing, even though it's not all happening according to my plan. I think John the Baptist has a key for us today that when asked, he points out, I'm not the Christ. I'm not God. I don't have it all figured out. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to save other people. John the Baptist says, I'm not the light. I just came to testify to the light, like he's the light. He's the light, and his light is meant to shine through me to reach other people. And when you and I are rooted in Christ, then the fruit of the Spirit bears, bears forth in our lives, including joy. My job is to stay plugged into the light and to allow His light to shine through me, to plug into the one who is joy itself and to let His true joy radiate through me. The one who, who works all things for good, that He's God. That I, I, I don't have the... The world confuses me, our politics stress me, but I don't have to have it all figured out. That he's God. If I think the world and politics are gonna save me, I will never find joy in this world. But I know that he is God and he's working all things for my salvation. And so I can rejoice no matter what's happening in my world and in my politics or whatnot. The text of our Psalm today, last note, is actually not from a psalm, but from Luke chapter 1. And it's, it's the Magnificat when Mary encounters her cousin Elizabeth, which happens as kind of in, you know, Advent time and whatnot. And she's, she's pregnant, she's visiting her cousin, and, and then she begins to praise God. And what I find interesting is she's praising God when she doesn't know the end of the story. She's able to bless and thank God when she's still in the dark about how it's all going to play out. And then maybe that's an invitation, a model for us, that you and I who are still in the dark and what God's doing in our lives. Why did this happen? 
Why did this happen? This why did this happen to my family member? Why is why did this person walk out on you? Like all these things that can cause us such pain and distress. We're in the dark, like Mary. But Mary's insight, the grace that she had, was to say, I trust in the God of the unknown. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know who does. And that God is not far off, but is actually very near. He's with me, working all things for good. And that is reason that my soul can rejoice.